Hi, this is Pastor Stephen. I am the pastor of New Beginning Church in Singapore. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this podcast will build your faith. Hope you grow deeper in the word of the Lord and know Him personally in much deeper way. Enjoy the message. God bless you. Shalom, I hope you are ready to tune in for the Word of God. As mentioned earlier, this month, we are in the month of September. We have a new topic for the month. We talk about money. About money. Most Christian and churches separate financial matters from spiritual matters. There is a very little teaching about money in the church today. Maybe because money is a sensitive topic. We are afraid that people will think the church needs money, the pastors needs money, etc. And as a result, we as a Christian, we often view money in accordance with the knowledge gained from the world. What the world economies teaches us about money. To earn, that is to earn money as hard as possible and to keep it as tight as possible. But the truth is, the Bible speaks more about money than about heaven. Even Jesus teach how to handle money more found in the scriptures. Out of 39 parables in the Bible that Jesus teach, 11 of them were all about money or money management. Do you know that the Bible says God measure your spiritual maturity by how you manage money? God measure and follow how much He can trust you with spiritual blessing according how you manage money. The rewards and responsibilities you are given in heaven letter are in direct relationship to how wise a steward or how wise the manager you are of your finances and position while you are here on earth. So church, let me begin with three things that we need to know about money. I call it the three T, the three T. The first one we need to know money is, money is, the first one is a trust. Money is a trust, the first T. From the perspective of eternity, everything that we have is not ours. It belongs to God. It belongs to God. And everything that we have has been entrusted to us by God. We brought nothing to the world. We were naked, remember? And we take nothing out of the world when we leave. Everything in between is what God has entrusted to us to manage. And He expects us to, to, to give a good return on the investment. Luke 16 says, If you have not been trustworthy, the word trustworthy is a trust. If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Money is a trust. Can you be trusted with the money that God gives you? It's a trust. The second T. Money is a tool. Money is a tool. It's a tool that God expects us to use so as many people as possible might know Jesus and get saved. 
How many people have not heard the good news just because we are not willing to take money as a tool? Money is never something which should become an end to itself, no. But rather it is merely a tool, simply a tool, something which is to be used to accomplish a greater good, a greater purpose. Let me give you an example, like a rope thrown into the water, a rope thrown into the water to save someone from drowning, to save someone from dying from drowning. The rope is not what is of real value. It's just nothing, it's just a rope. Has value, but it's not of real value. But the life being safe is what of real value. So it is with the money here. It has value, but only to the degree that it is used properly. Only to the degree that it is used to further the kingdom of God, to save people, to know, to let people know about Jesus. Luke 16 says, Use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself, so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Use worldly wealth. Use money to gain friends for yourself. Amen, church. There is a purpose. It's just a tool how we can use money to bring people to God. The third one that we need to know about money, the third T, I want to share with you, money is a test. It's a test. Do you remember when Jesus said that if we are faithful with little, then God will be able to trust us with more. And obviously, whoever is irresponsible with little will be irresponsible with much. Just a principle. And this principle applies to every area, including money. In fact, the word tithe, as Christian, you will be familiar with the word tithe. The word tithe means one-ten. One-ten. And number 10 in the Bible is often interpreted as a test. Interpreted as a test. So, tithing is a test. It's not only a test for us, but also a test for God. It's a two-way test. Tithing is a test to see if God can be trusted when we are faithful in the area of money. Tithing is also a test to see if we can be trusted with the money that God gives us in our hands. Amen. Amen, church. One thing I'd like to remind you, our goal is to become more like Jesus, not more like Bill Gates. Jesus has to be number one aspiration or a number one goal that we want to become like Jesus, not to become more like Bill Gates. We cannot be trusted money. Do you know what we will be called? The Bible say when we cannot be trusted with money, we will be called a crooked person. A crooked person, Proverbs 26. When we don't use money, in a proper way, as a tool, we'll be called unfaithful servant. Matthew chapter 24. When we fail the test, when we fail the test to be faithful with management of money, we are called a dishonest manager. Luke 16. 
or call a robber robbing God, robbing God for stealing money from God through tithes and offering. Malachi 3, chapter 3. So we've combined everything, all the three, when we fail all the above three in relation to money, fail to be trustworthy, fail to use money as a tool for the kingdom of God, fail to be faithful with managing money, we are called a crooked person, unfaithful servant, a dishonest manager, and a robber. It means that we hide money from God. We hide money from God. Today, I want to talk about money highs. Money highs. I don't know how many of you watch this movie in Netflix, but it's a cool movie. It's about a group of people who went into the bank, tried to rob the bank. And how I want to relate to, uh, with this to you as a Christian without we realize we can misuse, mismanage, or even steal money from God and we become money heister because we are not faithful, we mismanage, we misuse, and we are not faithful to return money what is belong to God through tithes and offering. Let me give you the definition of heist. Heist is a crime in which valuable things are mishandled, mismanaged, or taken illegally from a person or the owner. In this case, the owner is God. So we as a Christian might commit this kind of crime against God when we think everything that we have in our hand is ours, ours to spend. The way we feel about money will affect your perspective or your theology about money, your approach will affect your approach and how you handle money in your life. Let me repeat it to you again. How we feel about money, how do you feel about money, will affect your perspective and your theology about how you handle money in your life. If we have a wrong perspective about money, then we will have a wrong theology about money. We end up mismanage, misuse money in our hand. We become money heisters. Money heisters. So, I like to, to, to break it up to you. There are three different perspectives or three different theology about money in Christianity. In relation to money in Christianity, there are three different theology, three different perspectives. And we need to have the right perspective about money. I will cover all the three and you decide which one is right. All right. So there are three different perspectives or three different theology about money. The first one I want to share with you very quickly, prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel, very subtle, he teaches money as a sign of God's blessing. Being rich or being wealthy is a sign of God's blessing and God's favor. And so on the opposite is being poor it's a sign that God does not favor you or please with you. Or you have something, you, have, you commit certain kind of sin. That's why you are poor. The emphasis of this teaching, this belief, this theology is that wealth 
is given to us solely based on God's effort or God's favor alone. You don't have to do anything based on God's favor, you will be blessed, you'll be rich. It's like saying, just follow Jesus and you get rich. Of course, the people who teach this, they don't really say this sentence at the pulpit, but subtlety, slowly, and surely this kind of teaching, prosperity gospel teach, teaching, will lead to mismanagement, mishandling of money in the life of believer. And they become a money heister, a mismanagement, a mishandling of money in the life of believer. Prosperity gospel, the first one. The second one, on the extreme end of prosperity gospel, we found poverty gospel, poverty gospel. Poverty gospel is on the extreme end to prosperity gospel, which teaches us about having material possessions is evil. Rich people are ungodly. And so, self-denial is a means to earn righteousness in God's eyes. Those who believe they were fleeing the evils of the world through isolation, isolation, and extreme self-denial, and they avoid comfort and material possession. This teaching, though sounds spiritual, but will lead us to become just like the unfaithful servant refuse to see that money can be used as a tool for God's kingdom, convinced that it is better to be poor on earth, but will be rich in heaven. Do not want to do anything with money, do not see money as a tool to expand God's kingdom, to, to win friends for God and uh, let them to know Jesus, no, they do not want to use money as a tool. They end up become unfaithful servant according to the Bible. The third one, that is what I call proper gospel or stewardship theology. All right, this gospel believe that everything that we have is owned by God and provided to us by God. We are just temporary steward of what we have whether we have a lot or we have little. Money is not evil, but the love of money is. The emphasis here is that we are just the steward of what God has placed in our hands. The goal of stewardship is to be found faithful and not successful. That says about Corinthians chapter 4. The goal of stewardship is to be found faithful and not successful. Our ultimate reward will be to hear the Lord Jesus says, Well done, you good and faithful servant. So, church, my friends and family, which one should we believe in? And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Proper gospel or steward gospel is the one. Church, as Christian, we think everything that we have is ours, but it's not. Everything that you have is yours? Yeah, not really. It's not. It's belong to God. They are just being entrusted to you by God 
and God is the owner and you are just, we are just his manager. Let me, let me share a story of a woman who had finished her shopping and returned to her car to find two men inside her car, inside the car. So she dropped her shopping bags and drew a gun from her bag and she shouted loudly, I have a gun and I know how to use it. I get out of the car. And so those two men did not wait for a second. They get out of the car and ran and ran like crazy. They just ran like crazy, leaving the woman. So the woman, of course, trembling, quickly loaded her shopping bags and get into the car. And she just wanted to leave the place as fast as could. But no matter how she tried, she could not get her key into the ignition. She took the key from her bag and put it into the ignition. But as many times as she tried, she could not get her key into the ignition successfully. She tried a few times, but it just didn't work. Then something hit her. Alamak, this is not my car. She checked and yet her car was really parked a few meters away from that car. She got up, looked around to see if the two men were near, loaded the bags into her own car now and drove to the police station to turn herself in. She thought the car was hers, but it was not. The police laughed and no charge is false is filed against her. See, everything that we think is ours, is actually it's not. Everything that you have in your hands are yours. Mm, not really. It's not. They are simply entrusted by God. You are just the manager and God is the owner. God is the owner. Why I share about three, having three different perspectives, three different theology? Because our action, our action is determined by our perspective and our theology. Let me repeat it again. Why do I need to share all the three different theology? It's just knowledge, but it is important. Because our action is determined by our perspective and our theology. What is your perspective about money will make you to become a steward, a manager, you simply don't own any, or you think as an owner, which you own everything. Which one? It will affect your action. When you have a steward mindset, when you have a manager mindset, a steward perspective, you will do whatever the steward, a good manager will do. But if you think like everything you own them, you act like as if you are the owner. You will act differently. The steward will act one thing, the owner will act another thing. So I want to quickly share with you secular perspective and spiritual perspective. How our theology will affect our action. Let's take a look at this one. All right. We have a secular perspective or we have the owner mindset versus a spiritual perspective. We have the steward mindset, the right one. The steward mindset is a manager mindset. A manager mindset 
the, their, their action is to first to give and then to receive and then he will manage but as an owner he expect this his action is he expect to receive manage to give mm, it's just an option for him because it's ours it's his the owner thinks that everything that he has is his and to give it away it's just optional but if you think as a steward as a manager everything that you have is not yours the first thing he will do is he will give and then he will receive that God has entrusted and then he will start to manage whatever it is in his hand and the above sequence is important to be a good steward first we need to receive to give I'm sorry let me correct it first we need to give and then we need to receive from God and whatever we have left we manage it well so I, I cover quickly to give we need first to give the first action as a steward is to give we need to be willing to first give the seed that God gives to us all right let me repeat it again the first action as a steward as a good steward is to give we need to be willing to first give the seed that God gives to us amen without giving up the seed God simply can't multiply and bless us abundantly that's the reason why the first step is not to get but to give the first one the first step we are tempted to think that we will give only after I get our money right until I get my money right I will give only after we have enough then we will give no let me tell you let me tell you the truth if we cannot afford to give when we have a little then we won't be able to afford to give when we have a plenty when we make it big then I will really become generous no when we make more money then we are going to start tithing no no you won't you start tithing and giving when you are poor I'm not gonna sugarcoat it oh you don't have money you're still struggling and you don't give now okay you can skip no that's how we get out of our struggle how we get out of our property we start managing well what God has given us after we give after we give the first action that we need to do no matter if you have plenty or you have little is to give then God will trust us with more we trust us with more we don't wait until we have plenty we start being faithful when we have a little then we'll be faithful when we have plenty and God will add more amen church the second action for steward is to receive to receive after a breakthrough in the area of giving the next stage is to receive wealth in the proper way and one thing to one thing I want to highlight here is that wealth comes to us when there is a partnership between our efforts and God's favor let me repeat again wealth comes to us when there is a partnership between us and God our effort and God's favor let me let me read to you Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 all right Deuteronomy chapter 
8 verse 18 remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the strength to get well church God does not give us the wealth he gives us the strength to get well so it is both sides working together for a purpose if we think that wealth or a blessing solely depend on God without counting our effort without counting our parts then when we face problem along the way we blame God for everything that happened because everything it depends on him but the opposite is also true when we think that the wealth of blessing solely depends on our effort 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 alone we will be under pressure to perform we need to pursue wealth becomes the most important and ultimate goal in life because it all depends on us on, on you depends on me no it all depends on both god god's favor and our effort i mean it's a partnership of two the third action for a good steward is to manage after he received from god after he received from god for the money that you don't give to god for all the money that you don't return to god the third action for steward is to manage to manage it requires stewardship of the money that we don't give it requires a stewardship a management skill for the money that we don't give it's god's part to give us the ability the strength to gain wealth but it is our part to manage the wealth that has been entrusted to us let me share with you stewardship stewardship is the responsibility to manage what is trusted in our hands what is trusted in our hands the 90% of the money that we don't give the money that we don't give we need to have the ability to manage 10% need to be returned to God as a tithe and the 90% is entrusted to us to be managed properly to be managed this is interesting quotes I share with you from Dave Ramsey money moves from the hands that cannot manage to those who can let me repeat again money moves from the hands that cannot manage to those who can let me give you the bible first matthew chapter 25 verse 21 let me read it let me read it to you to those who manage well what they are given even more will be given and they will have abundance but from those who do nothing for those who do not even what little they have will be taken away will be taken away living lives with poor bad financial management money management can lead us into depression family conflict and additional emotional roller coaster in a family and can land people in a bigger problem you know what rick warren says um kind of interesting to to share with you rick warren say something like this if you are unwise with the management of money you might end up need to change the wedding vows from till death do us part to become till death do us part debt you owe people's money till debt do us part but wise stewardship 
a wise manager enable us to live lives to the fullest for our enjoyment, for our rest, and for our freedom. God is a good owner. We are His manager. And so I want to end with this. This is my hammer of this sermon. Of I have five points I will run through very quickly. So as a wise steward, the action is we will give, we will receive from God, and we will manage what is in our hand, what is left in our hands. But I will break it down even further on the managing part. So we learn something as much as possible today. That is the managing part. Okay, what do you do to manage the money in hands? So you have the money in hands after you give to God everything that you, you have as a tithe and offering, you have whatever in your hands as the leftover. What do you do to manage that money in hands? The first one I like to highlight to you, we need to do accounting. We need to take account of what you have. Let's take a look at Proverbs chapter 27, verse 23. Proverbs 27. Know well the condition of your flocks and pay attention to your herds. In this today's context, know well the condition of your stocks, your dollars and your cents. Let me continue. For riches are not forever. So there will be good milk enough for your food, for the food of your household, and sustenance for your maidens. It means, another one like I mentioned, we need to take account and know well in the condition of your stocks, if you play stocks. The condition of your dollars and your cents, the condition of your investments, how they perform, how your business performs, and how your works perform, your career performs as employee or as a boss. You need to know the condition of that. Why? So there will be enough food for yourself and for your family. Same principle here found in Proverbs 27. So there will be enough food for your family. So that because we need to fulfill the needs of our family first, your family first, first then you can help your neighbors. If you cannot fulfill the need of your family, the commandment, the second greatest commandment that Jesus gave to love your neighbor, you just need to cancel it because you're unable to fulfill the needs of your family. When you fulfill the needs of your family, then you can help your neighbor. Unless, of course, in the extreme situation, they, are, they cannot eat, they don't have food to eat, then you really maybe want to share. But you need, my point is, you need to take an account of your finances. Take an accounting of your finances. You need to know the condition of your stock, your investment, your dollars and cents. You need to know how much to fulfill the needs of your family. That's the very first basic. How you manage well as an, a steward, a good steward, a good manager. The second one that you need to do planning. You need to plan. Planning. Since God believes in planning, we need to believe in planning. We should believe in planning. You know, the Creator planned things out before the foundation of the world. Ephesians chapter 1. So, every family should be living according to a plan 
according to a budget. A planning and a budgeting enables us to live within our means. Let me read to you Proverbs chapter 21. The plans, notice the word plans, planning. The plans of the diligent leads surely to abundance. This the context about money. You need to plan. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. We need to plan. We need to do budgeting. Alright? Second one. The third one, I'm sorry. The third one. We need to do saving. Saving. Do you remember about Joseph? When Joseph was Pharaoh's um, steward, he saved for seven years. He knew that a famine was coming. This shows us an important principle. Save for emergencies and save for future needs. Church, this COVID-19 is a crisis. The test to check how much we have saved in the normal days. If we don't save during crisis, if we don't save during crisis, we need to sell things that we do not want to sell during crisis. If we don't save during normal days, we need to sell things that we do not want to sell during crisis. That's my point. We need to do saving. Accounting, we need to take account of your stock, the condition of your investment, whatever you have. You need to know how they perform. You need to do planning and budgeting. You need to do saving. You need to save for emergency, for future needs. The fourth one is investing. Investing. You know, there is always a risk in every investment I know but the risk is not to be <coughs> it's not to be avoided but to be managed or reduced let me repeat again there's always be a risk every time you want to invest whether it's safe whether it's risky there's always be a risk but a risk not to be avoided is to be managed is to be reduced this is biblical because when God trusts us with something God expects the investment to return the investment with bigger returns. If we don't do anything, if we don't take a risk, we will not give a good return to the honor to God. God expects whatever He invests, whatever He places in our hands, that it will be growing. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 here. The master, after returning, held each servant responsible for how he had used or invested what had been entrusted to him. There is a risk to invest on what God has given it to us. But what we need to do on the risk is we need to analyze the risk, take a calculated move, and you keep it under the carpet. Or you keep it under the carpet. Meaning you take a risk or you don't take a risk. I'll take the risk and I'll invest on something. Amen? You need to analyze whatever risk that you want, whatever investment that you want to go in, analyze the risk, take a calculative move. We need to invest. Number five, what do we need to do as a wise manager with the money in hands? Of course, you love this one, spending. Spend it. After you have, of course, after you have all done all the above. After you have done all the accounting, planning, saving, 
investing, yeah, finally, you can spend on the things that you really like to spend, the only thing you really want to buy. God won't penalize you for doing that. You can spend on a product that is maybe more expensive in comparison to the same product of a different brand. But if the product lasts longer and if holds the value better in the future, that could be a better choice of spending your money. Let me, let me give you an example. Let's say you want to buy a watch. Why do you want to buy a watch of a certain brand and more expensive when you can buy a watch of another brand that is cheaper? It serves the same purpose, it tells the same exact time, but only to those who analyze knows you know if you buy a certain brand or certain model at a retail price, the values of that watch will double when you walk out of that shop. But you can also buy a different brand, the, the value probably drop 20% when you walk out of the shop. The choice is yours. My point is, you can spend anything that you can afford, okay? Let me repeat again. You can spend anything that you can afford with future value in mind. If you have done the first four. Accounting, planning, saving, investing. Go and spend, but think about the future value on the things that you want to spend with. Amen? So let me just close with Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Verse 18, this is a good ending to 19. This is Solomon said, Here is what I have seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor. He's been working as a manager, as a steward, right? In which he toils under the sun all the days of his life, which God gives him. For it is his heritage. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. Church, what I want to highlight in for these verses is God is a good God. He gives reward to the good and faith, to the good and faithful servant not only rewards in heaven but he gives rewards on earth as it is in heaven today i pray that our goal is to be faithful and not to be successful our goal is to be like jesus and not to be like bill Gates. faithfulness will open the door to fruitfulness faithful with a little start giving even though you have little faithful faithfulness will open the door Two, fruitfulness. When we are faithful, God will open the door and add more to what we already have. And so, we can be a blessing to many. There is a purpose for God trusted you with more. To be a blessing to many. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, in this difficult time like this, I pray for your people to place their hope and trust in you. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You will open the way where there seems to be no way. I pray as we continue to walk 
this journey, difficult journey in these difficult times. You will give us the strength, you will give us the wisdom, you will give us the opportunity to gain wealth. Even in these difficult times, nothing is impossible for you. And so we can be the source of blessing to many. I begin to see your hands working in our life, working for our church, working for the people of God in this church. And for those people watching online, have faith that God is with you. Be faithful with little things, with whatever things that God has entrusted in you in your hand. I pray for divine protection against COVID-19, against virus over your people. I pray for the students having their exam in this coming week. Give them wisdom and spirit of excellence. I pray for every family to keep them health, to keep them safe, and to keep them sane. Let's lift both our hands to receive the blessing from the Lord. That God will bless you and keep you. And His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. His favor be upon your life. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. And happy Sunday. Thank you for joining us. Hope you have been blessed. This podcast is made possible by generous giving people like you. If you want to support us, please visit us at www.nbcsingapore.org. www.nbcsingapore.org. God bless you.